Hey, it's Alan, and I just wanted to let you know that you can now listen to the ongoing history of new music early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Sometime around 2016, I got this horrible sense that we were entering into a new era of rock history. A period when the musicians we loved and admired began to die. Listen, there had been many deaths before then, but they seemed, you know, reasonably few and far between. But 2016 seems to have been the year, for me anyway, when I realized that many of our most beloved musicians were getting older and starting to die off. That one year, we lost David Bowie, Glenn Fry of the Eagles, Prince, Leonard Cohen, and George Michael. We lost both Keith Emerson and Greg Lake of the prog band Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer, Paul Kantner of Jefferson Starship, Maurice White of Earth, Wind, and Fire, Beatles producer George Martin. And that's only a partial list from 2016. In 2017, it was Gord Downey, Tom Petty, Greg Allman, Chris Cornell, ACDC's Malcolm Young, Walter Becker of Steely Dan, and Chuck Berry, among others. The following year, we lost Dolores O'Riordan of the Cranberries, Marky e. Smith of The Fall, Avicii, Aretha Franklin, and Pete Shelley of The Buzzcocks. Then in 2019, Keith Flynn of The Prodigy, Mark Hollis of Talk Talk, Ranking Roger of The English Beat and General Public, Rick Ocasek of The Cars, drumming legend Ginger Baker. I could go on, but you get the idea. The one thing that binds all humans on this planet together is that one day we're all going to shuffle off into the great beyond. Nobody is getting any younger. And over the next decade, we are going to lose some of the personalities who have always been with us, always been there for us over the last 30, 40, 50, or even 60 years. With that grim reality in mind, I think the time has come for an annual look back at those whom we've lost in the last 12 months as a way to recognize their contributions to the world of music. This is 2022 in memoriam. This is the Ongoing History of New Music Podcast with Alan Cross. Welcome again, I'm Alan Cross, and I wish this show wasn't necessary, but death is a fact of life. And I think it's important to acknowledge the musicians we lost over the last year. So many of our favorites are now aging off this planet. They do it with the Grammys and all the other awards shows, so maybe the time has come for us to do it with this program. Chances are we never knew any of these people personally. Our relationships to them came just through their music. But it was through their music that we learned more about ourselves. We depend on artists to feel for us and express those feelings for us so we can better understand who we are and how we react to the universe. So when they disappear, we feel the loss because maybe a little piece of us goes with them. 
Now, that, that may be overly dramatic, but it's one way to explain our reactions to the death of an artist we admire, that emptiness we feel, that loss we feel. Dozens left us in 2022. And while I will mention many names, I want to highlight the departures of a number of them, beginning with the sudden death of Dallas Good, the singer-guitarist of Toronto's The Sadies, a band that formed back in 1994. Back in February, he got news from a doctor that he was suffering from a coronary illness, a heart condition that he didn't know he had. And then a week later, February 17th, while still under a doctor's care, he was dead at the age of 48. Dallas was very liked in Canadian music circles, having worked with many others, including Gord Downey, Neil Young, and Buffy St. Marie. Fans included the Bare Naked Ladies, Billy Talent, and many, many others. Dallas and the Sadies were playing live and working on new material right up until the day of his diagnosis. And in July 2022, they released an album called Colder Streams, which features Dallas's last performances with the group. This is the track that leads off the record. It's called Stop and Start. The Sadies, featuring Dallas Good, who died on February 17, 2022. Another sudden shock came on May the 26th, when one-third of Depeche Mode and a founding member of the band died. Andy Fletcher seemed to be just fine for a 60-year-old who had lived a rock and roll life. But then on May 26th, he was suddenly gone. Cause of death was an aortic dissection, a rare condition that's almost never diagnosed in advance because there's no real reason to look for it because there are few, if any, warning signs. It can result from years of high blood pressure, hardening of the arteries, the result of specific diseases, or it could even be a congenital condition. It happens when the aorta, the biggest artery in the body, develops some kind of weakness, either over time or quite suddenly. Then it suffers a tear. Blood fresh from the heart is pumped through that hole into the abdomen. If the tear is sufficiently large, the victim quickly bleeds out internally losing consciousness and dying within minutes, if not seconds. The official statement from Depeche Mode is that Fletch died at home, naturally and without suffering. Shortly after we heard of the death of Depeche Mode's Andy Fletcher came word of the passing of Julie Cruz. Julie had a nice run in the 1990s thanks to her association with director David Lynch and specifically his Twin Peaks projects. Her music was all over those TV series. Julie also appeared on Broadway as an actor and singer, including a role where she played Janis Joplin. By 2018, she was in poor health as a result of systemic lupus, an autoimmune disease that caused her much pain. Soon, she became unable to walk or stand, sending her into a deep depression. Her end came on June 9th at the age of 65. She took her own life with her husband playing Rome, her favorite B-52 song. This was her big alt-rock radio hit from 1989 and an album entitled Floating Into the Night. This is Julie Cruz with Falling. Julie Cruz, one of the many musicians who left us in 2022. More memorials for the recently passed 
coming up. This program is dedicated to all the musicians who passed away over the last year. That includes rock and roll pioneer Jerry Lee Lewis, who defied all odds by living to the age of 87. Meatloaf, one of the most successful singers of the 70s and 80s, thanks to that Bad Out of Hell album, died on January the 20th. He'd had many health problems over the years, but it appears that it was COVID that finally did him in at age 74. Country legend Loretta Lynn, the coal miner's daughter, died on October 4th at the age of 90. Among her fans was Jack White, who recorded a full album with her called Van Leer Rose in 2004. Coolio, who had a bunch of hip-hop hits at the end of the 90s, including the classic Gangster's Paradise, died at age 59 on September the 28th. He was found on the bathroom floor of his home in L.A., a heart attack. Olivia Newton-John, one of the most successful female singers of all time, having sold more than 100 million records, died on August the 8th after a long, long battle with cancer. She beat it twice, but when it came back a third time, it had metastasized throughout her body. She was 73. That very same day, Lamont Dozier, one-third of the great Motown songwriting team Holland Dozier Holland, died at the age of 81. And then there was Vangelis, the Greek electronic composer who won an Oscar for his theme for the movie Chariots of Fire, as well as his work for the first Blade Runner film. While most of his work involved electronic, ambient, and classical music, he also had one album that bled into the world of rock and pop. In 1981, he got together with John Anderson of Yes under the moniker John and Vangelis. They released an album called The Friends of Mr. Cairo, and there were several hits from that record, which did especially well in Canada. The title track was a number one single played on both pop and alt-rock radio. The original album version runs 12 minutes, so uh, we need to edit it down to this single. Vangelis with John Anderson of Yes and Friends of Mr. Cairo from 1981. Vangelis died of heart failure on May 17, 2022 in a Paris hospital, a condition made worse by COVID-19. He was 79. Mark Lanigan was one of the great singers and songwriters to come out of the whole grunge era of the 1990s. He first appeared as part of Screaming Trees, a band that should have been bigger than they were. He then released a series of captivating solo albums and also became a member of Queens of the Stone Age for a while. Mark also worked with Moby, Manic Street Preachers, Bell and Sebastian, and half a dozen other acts from around the world. He was also good friends with Chef Anthony Bourdain. He wrote an obituary on Bourdain when he died. And he was also buddies with doomed Alice in Chains singer Lane Staley. Other friends included Eddie Vedder, all the guys in Soundgarden, and Kurt Cobain. But Mark always had his demons. This is a guy who shot up so much heroin that he almost had an arm amputated in 1992 because it had become so badly infected. He was homeless for a while, tried rehab a couple of times, one stint was paid for by Courtney Love, and he was given a job as the housekeeper for Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses just so he had some place to live. He made money from painting sets for TV shows for a while, but by 2020 he was clean and sober. Mark was an excellent writer with eight books to his name. One of his best is Devil in a Coma, which detailed his horrible near-death experience from COVID-19 when he was left temporarily deaf and unable to walk. He was in a coma for weeks. He was able to survive that, but it took its toll on his 57-year-old body, which had been abused by years of heroin and alcohol addiction. 
He moved to Killarney in Ireland to recover further from COVID, but then he died at his home on February 22nd. No cause of death was ever released, but let's just say that given his hard life and the terrible time he had with COVID, it really wasn't much of a shock. Let's go back to Mark's days with Screaming Trees. This is from an album entitled Sweet Oblivion, 1992. And when Soundgarden played live during their last tour, this record was often played on the PA before the show. Screaming Trees, featuring the late Mark Lanigan with Nearly Lost You from 1992. If you are a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan or into American hardcore punk, you'll know the name D.H. Pellegro. In 1991, he became the second drummer for the Dead Kennedys, one of the foundational bands on the American hardcore scene. He was with them all through their big albums before they broke up in 1986. In 1988, he briefly became the drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers after Jack Irons couldn't handle being a Chili Pepper anymore, following the heroin overdose death of guitarist Hillel Slovak. He'd been friends with the bands for years. He'd also been in a joke band with Anthony Kiedis called Three Little Butt Hairs. So he was an easy choice for a replacement, at least at first. Unfortunately, Pellegro had his own drug and alcohol demons and was fired later the same year, paving the way for Chad Smith to join the group. Still, everyone remained friends and Kiedis was a big part in helping Pellegro get sober. Pellegro played in a long list of bands for the rest of his life, banging out rock rhythms as well as reggae and funk, and once collaborating with Moby on some material. There was also a Dead Kennedys reunion in 2001 that stuck for years. On October 28, 2022, Pelegro died in his home in Los Angeles. He apparently had an accidental fall in the bathroom and struck his head, resulting in fatal trauma. He was 63 years old. Here's Pelegro playing with the Dead Kennedys on the 1980 album Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. This is California Uber Alice. Dead Kennedys, featuring drummer D.H. Pellegro, who died this past year at the age of 63. Unfortunately, we're not done. More of our roundup of musicians who left us in 2022 coming up. This is the sad roundup of all the musicians who died in 2022. That includes Jim Seals of the 70s soft rock band Seals and Crofts. He had a stroke in 2017 and was in ill health for some time. Alan White, the drummer with Yes!, He'd also suffered a stroke some time ago and passed away after a brief illness. Remember the novelty song Convoy from the 1970s? That was a weird hit by an award-winning American ad executive named Billy Dale Freeze. He adopted the name C.W. McCall, released a song about some renegade truckers, and that was later adapted into a movie. He died on April the 1st at the age of 93. He'd had cancer. Gary Brooker was a co-founder of the prog band Procol Harum. Cancer took him at 76 on February the 19th. Ian McDonald was a member of King Crimson and Foreigner. Colon cancer, February 9th. He was 76. And then there was the sudden death of bass player Paul Ryder with the Happy Mondays. He was a founding member of the group, which became a major force during the Manchester era of the very early 1990s. In later years, he also became an actor and composer of music for TV shows. And then he rejoined the Happy Mondays and was touring with them when he died. In July, he flew in from his home in Los Angeles to play some gigs with the Mondays. 
When he arrived in Manchester, he complained that he was having some headaches. He went to bed and never woke up. He was found by his mother on July 15th, just hours before the band was supposed to play the Cubics Festival. Cause of death? Ischemic heart disease with complications of diabetes. He was just 58. What a loss. This guy sure knew how to lay down a groove. Everyone on this list so far died of health-related causes. Here's a murder. Gord Lewis, guitarist and founding member of Teenage Head. This is so sad. His body was found in his Hamilton apartment on August the 7th. Police thought it was him, but a coroner's investigation was needed for a positive ID. Gord's 41-year-old son, Jonathan, was arrested and charged with his murder. We've never heard about the exact cause or nature of his death, but that will come out when Jonathan finally goes to court. We do know that Gord may have been dead for a couple of days while Jonathan posted desperate messages online. Gord was 65 years old. Teenage had never received the international attention they deserved, although they influenced many, many bands across Canada, on both sides of the American border, and even in the UK. And this was one of the many songs that got extensive radio play in this country. Here's more on the list of Dearly Departed for 2022. Ronnie Spector, one of the great stars of the girl group era and an ex-wife of weirdo producer Phil Spector. She died on January 12th, shortly after being diagnosed with cancer. She was 78. Ronnie Hawkins, the Arkansas rockabilly who moved to Canada in the late 1950s and changed so much about rock and roll. He put together a band called The Hawks, who were later poached by Bob Dylan and later became The Band, one of the most influential bands of the 60s and 70s. He was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in 2002. But thanks to a 15-year-old faith healer from Vancouver, or so Ronnie says, that pancreatic cancer went into remission for years. And when he died on May 28th at the age of 87, it wasn't from pancreatic cancer. After years of hard rocking and rolling, his body just gave out. And one of the most high-profile rock and roll deaths by far was Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins. He went into some kind of distress in a hotel room in Bogota, Colombia, hours before the band was supposed to play a festival. A doctor was called, but it was too late, and he died. Now, there have been many stories and many rumors about what caused his death. And after he died, there was a complete information blackout. Nothing leaked about how he died, his funeral, or anything else. I spent weeks trying to find out as much as I could about Taylor's death. And in my opinion, he died of some kind of cardiac episode brought on by a previously diagnosed enlarged heart. A doctor knew all about it, but he wasn't worried, saying that all that heart muscle was the result of many years of intense drumming plus mountain biking and surfing. They call this a runner's heart. There were those who will say that drugs were involved in his death, but frankly, I don't believe it. And yes, a urine test after he died revealed traces of opioids, antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, and THC. 
But that was a urine test, not a blood test. And we don't know the exact concentrations or combinations of those drugs. So to say that he died from an OD is, is jumping to conclusions. Opioids? Okay, sure. It could have been something as simple as codeine, which you can find in a cough syrup. And a 50-year-old hard-hitting drummer is bound to have all kinds of chronic aches and pains. Antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds? Hardly uncommon amongst the general population. THC? A couple of puffs on a joint, maybe. And THC can stay in your urine for up to 30 days. So this drug test is barely circumstantial when it comes to a cause of death. Besides, I can't imagine Taylor being that careless. He OD'd on heroin 20 years earlier at a party in London and was in a coma for two weeks. And Dave Grohl, his best friend in the whole world, had been through enough hurt in his life. There was no way he was going to let his brother from another mother go down that route. Besides, the Foo Fighters are not only a big band, but a massive corporation on which many people depend on for their livelihoods. Dave was not going to allow another one of his bands to be derailed by careless drug use. I just can't see it. And now let's go back to December 2021. The Foo Fighters were scheduled to play a gig after the final Formula One race in Abu Dhabi, but they never made it. We heard much later that a member of the band had a medical emergency and had to be transferred to the hospital in Chicago where the band was scheduled to take a commercial flight to the Middle East. That band member apparently was Taylor. There was never any explanation of what happened, but it was bad enough for the band to cancel the gig. And then, three and a half months later, Taylor was gone. Why? How? We may never know. At the big tribute show at Wembley Stadium in London back in September, the first song the Foo Fighters played without Taylor was a version of this acoustic performance from years back. The lyrics became one of the most personal things we will ever hear from Dave Grohl. It's times like these you learn to live again. It's times like these you give and give again. It's times like these you learn to love again. Let's finish up with a few more names of those who died in 2022. Michael Wang, the founder of Woodstock in 1969 and the promoter of festivals in 1994 and 1999. Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at the age of 77 on January the 8th. Cynthia Albritton, better known as Cynthia Plastercaster, an infamous groupie of the late 60s and early 70s, who made her name by creating plaster casts of musicians' junk. That included Jimi Hendrix. She died of cerebral vascular disease on April the 21st at the age of 74. Takeoff, one-third of the band Migos. He was shot at a party in Houston early on November the 1st. Christine McVie who wrote and sang a ton of Fleetwood Mac's greatest songs, died at the age of 79. Terry Hall, singer of the specials, Fun Boy 3 and The Color Field, among others, died at the age of 63 after a short illness on December the 18th. And Martin Duffy, keyboardist with Primal Scream and most recently The Charlatans UK, passed away just before Christmas at the age of 55. Rest in power, everyone. There are plenty more shows like this available as podcasts through any podcast platform. Most of them deal with much happier things than this show. I can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also my website, ajournalofmusicalthings.com, and email should go to alan at alancross.ca. Technical Productions by Rob Johnston. Talk to you next time. I'm Alan Cross. You've been listening to the Ongoing History of New Music podcast with Alan Cross. Subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. 